How are you guys? We're back. It took us a minute because we had some technical dif- difficulties with um, moving the studio from Las Vegas all the way to the Bay Area, Silicon Valley, in my garage. That's where we are now with Tom Heineber, Logan Stewart, Victoria Lacey in the back. And it's Team Z back in effect. You can't stop us. You can't keep us down. Zuckerberg, are we alive to Facebook? Facebook works. How about nice. YouTube? Nice. Sounds much better. It sounds. YouTube hasn't said anything. Let no, me listen. You can't stop Team Z. Okay, they tried to keep me 150 yards from a school, but they can't. I mean, <laughs> what? Oh, snap. Victoria says YouTube is good too. All right. So, all right, Groovy, we're, we're rocking good. and rolling. I think now. we're rolling. Speaking of Nurse vs. Narc, which is the video that you did the other day, uh, do you know that my wife didn't know what doxing was? She goes, What's doxing? And I think actually a lot of people who are not as ensconced in internet culture as we are don't know what doxing I is. I only learned it a few months ago. Really? Can you believe that? Yeah. Someone was like, Stop doxing me, Z Dog. I'm like, <laughs> What do you mean? It, it, so, doxing is where you look up private information on a person posting online and you post it publicly in an effort to shame, humiliate, intimidate, bully, or murder them. And uh, so we did that. Sh- I did that show. And it's interesting. So Tom, that nurse had reached out to me mm-hmm. and said, "Hey, please watch this um, interview that I did with this other nurse on this thing." So I just watched a clip of it, and I'm like, "Okay, um, actually, this was a terrible idea. Like what this guy did on his first day, posting with an image, the ba- you know, the stuff visible even vaguely, is a terrible idea." And I told you, I'm like, "I'm not going to defend this guy. This is a terrible idea. Right. Like this is just not." not using his head. And then I thought about it more, and I'm like, I looked at it, and I'm like, you know what, though? You know what's a worse idea? Narking somebody out like that, like a little bitch. Yeah. And, and that's what happened. So it, it's doxing somebody, like finding out their information, calling up their employer, getting them fired, is a total bitch move. Why would you do that? Well, this is why I can say whatever the fuck I want all the fucking time, because I have no employer. Like, you know what I mean? Z gives me a little bit of money, but I don't give a shit. Like, yeah, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Tom, please don't say the N-word on TV. <laughs> Z-Dog, I will say um, niblets. I'm like, that. I said not to say it. <laughs> but, I mean, no, it's a real It's a real thing. Like, if you have a... If, you know, and this is what creates this, this culture of silence uh, surrounding all sorts of issues. And it's worse in medicine than it is anywhere else. Because if you have a real job, you have to shut up and just take it, right? And mm. then... It's not, you can't just, you like, if you were still at Stanford, mm. you know, every day, all day, you couldn't say 95% of the shit you say. You know what? I, so I'm in this position now where it's like, do I go and get adjunct faculty status back at Stanford? And they're going to choke you. Yeah, they're going to slap you. And they will choke me like a little bitch. Yeah. And, and I won't be able to say anything. Look, this is the thing. If you're going to be an, a, a, an unfiltered voice for the movement that we're trying to have, which is getting people to behave as a we. You don't all have to agree, but we understand there's goals we want to get to, the different ways to get there. I, if I'm choked in what I can say, then screw it. Right. And, you know, it's like this thing where, you know, I did this magazine. If you're not saying what the fuck you actually think and believe, what's the, what's what the point matter? of your what's life? What's the point of your life? Yeah, what's the point of your life? But you're just lying and you're like shriveling like a little coward. Let's look you at ourselves. I mean? Though. I mean, how much of our lives, you and me both, Tom, have we yeah. spent cowering from being truthful with... Uh, others and ourselves because we're worried about it's true it's true i'm just you know what fuck it i'm just gonna say it i want to know why black people always talk on speakerphone (laughs) exactly i want to know you know why are you a black audience member do you love to talk on speakerphone tell us what's up is it because you don't trust them and you think they might give you brain cancer because if you're on to something like i need to know about it you know what okay if if they're on to something like Chappelle would probably say like we're gonna tell you assholes (laughs) okay remember the crack (laughs) epidemic that you invented to keep us you know, it basically down. Well, now we know something about your stupid cell phones, which is they give you brain cancer. Like that would be exactly like. By the way, what do you think of that, Chappelle? I, you know what? By the way, you know why I think this is. I think it's because the black community like saw that those early reports that they might be giving you brain cancer, and they were like, "Nope." Not no gonna thanks. happen. Not gonna happen. We don't trust you, motherfuckers. Yeah. Not after Tuskegee. Yeah. Okay. You know what? And that's woke as fuck. <laughs> I think so. I think so. I'm, you do, do you think I put this shit to my head? No. I use earpods, which are probably directly <laughs> that's beaming. Direct cancer. Yeah. Cancer right into my ear hole. I'm gonna get ear hole cancer. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's it's kind of like lying, right? Mm. Like subjugating your beliefs. If you continuously lie you're going to ultimately end up lying to yourself and then you're not going to have a, a fixed point uh, for which you're aiming. Like you're not, you're not going to really know who you are, what you think and what you believe. Mm. And it's the same thing when you subjugate yourself for money. 
you know? It's true, and the problem is there's a self-deception component, which we've talked about. Right. Once you start lying, and humans have evolved to self-deceive, because if you can deceive yourself about something, you're much more likely to deceive others in the tribe. Yes. And be able to cheat or get away with something. So if you tell yourself, I'm a good person and I bust my butt, and you're actually a lazy piece of shit, <laughs> well, that's a kind of self-deception that works well because you're going to project in the world that you're not. God, that's what so many people do. Too, it is, right? right? It's like, I can't believe that they fucking fired me. I was, I missed my great aunt's third birthday party for her cat. These motherfuckers, the nerve, the nerve. <laughs> Yeah, it was a high. Yeah, I was high at work, but weed is legal now. Shut the. What? What's wrong with these? You know, it's yeah, like it's that. To, it's, it's totally everybody true. I talk to who's been fired has some version of that story. It's a you know vic- I mean? victim story, a projecting, a yeah. denial. So, uh, <laughs> mm for Jesus. Four for Jesus. That's two fours for Jesus. Uh, says I'm Norwegian. This is a YouTube comment. That's why I love YouTube. Uh, I'm a Nor. I'm Norwegian white, and I use. <laughs> that's amazing. And I use speakerphone because I'm H O H. L-O-L-O-L. Okay, what's H-O-H? Hydroxy, like water? That's H-2-O. H-O-H. H-O-H. I don't know what H-O-H means. I don't know. Adam Sturdivant says, even if we have to communicate with smoke signals, Morse code, signal flag, snail mail, whatever, we will get out the message that our healthcare industry has not given up. I like that health 3.0 attitude. Word. Word. And I don't want to call you a little bitch if you have a real job and you need to support your family and you can't say what you think and feel online. So I'm not going to call you a little bitch. What I'm going to say is you need to do it anonymously or you need to do it in the space where you know you're not going to be doxxed or things like that. Like mm. like in the supporter tribe, mm. you know, mm. like everybody there is on the same page where it's mm. like nobody's going to dox each other. Yeah, anymore. no one's, it's totally. and Because you know what's funny? The $5 barrier is such a giant barrier for people <laughs> that they're not going to go through the... It's really you know. true. I So there are a couple assholes on that tribe, just two. That I've had to ban. Yeah. Otherwise, it's been like, wow, you guys are really cool. By the way, HOH is hard of hearing, of course. Uh, now I'm an ableist. Mm-hmm. Do you understand? Because I don't know what ho is. Yeah. Yeah. I knew I knew that you, you knew were it. Now, someone, a piece of shit. Early what? on, at, oh yeah, what's that? What? Oh, Ashley <laughs> Savannah asked, uh, hey, I just left a comment asking if you could touch base on how to treat special needs patients and their families. I had one doctor ask what is wrong with my son when he saw that Axton had DeGeorge syndrome. So this idea of like how, and we had, we had, um, um, Holly Tabor, who's a Stanford bioethicist on the show to talk about that. So I would refer you, Ashley, to that show because we talk specifically about how you're not supposed to say retard and these other kind of things, which Tom consistently does say, yeah. uh, and how healthcare providers can actually optimize their waiting rooms even for children with special needs. Uh, so that's another it's another thing. What were we talking about? In my defense, a lot of people be acting like retards. You know what? Not people that have special needs. It's not retarded. People that say things like, if you're uh, retarded. lavender oils cure cancer, those people are retarded. Mm-hmm. What am I supposed to say? They're mm-hmm. not retarded but you have to pronounce it correctly it's retard <laughs> because otherwise you know it becomes a bad thing i also um, am one of these people who have the dictionary definition of words is stuck in my head permanently mm. so that just means slow to me right and right, so i right. will forever you're taking, use it you're a literalist yeah. you're you're a, you're a dictionary literalist a dictionary Tom. you know what you're the problem that's and wrong i'm an the absolutist you're I'm, an absolutist i'm a webster <laughs> merriam webster absolutist you know what people had yeah. crusades supremacist merriam webster supremacist that's it, what i am in 500 bce <laughs> before the common era because we don't say before christ anymore because keep people are pussies mm-hmm. um before the common era uh people had crusades over webster's where there were the purists and they went into the holy land and they killed people who were like no actually language is 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 mutable, right? Yeah. So people have died over your absolutism. Can I tell you something about this policing of language that goes on? It's a zero. It does nothing. It doesn't help anybody. Whether you call it a different thing or not, it doesn't change what's happening. Yeah. Right? So that's the main reason why I'm not down with anybody. And if you're trying to tell me a different thing to say, you know, mm. you need to say it like this. Fuck you. Yeah. Language morphs over time. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Like you trying to um, get in there and you know force it through. No thanks. The other thing is language is fun. It's a way to color the world. Now, if you're doing it, and, and intent matters. Like Tom Heinberg, if your intent is to make fun of children with special needs, right. then you're an asshole you're an no asshole. matter what you yeah, say. 100%. But if you say the R word, it's particularly bad because now it's tinged with these horribleness. Be, these have become Thank like for the money, gotcha Cynthia. words where yeah. it's like, oh yeah, retard's a gotcha word. You can't say retard. It's like, no, no, you didn't get me because I don't give a fuck. <laughs> 
You know That's what, what separates Tom Heinemer from some other so-called social media personalities. <laughs> he doesn't. You can dox him all you want. Show up at his house. He'll just shoot you in the head. Oh, if you show up at my house, you're fucking dead. Yeah, it's true. I used to think that I wouldn't kill somebody who entered my home. Then and you now had a child. I'm like, no, no. You're, then you had a child. You're dead. Mm-hmm. Once you have a child, it's like, yeah, mm-hmm. there's guns at my house and you're, Ra- you're going to get killed. Rachel. <laughs> what, what? What's that? Uh, yeah, so people, so a few people, Rachel is saying switching to YouTube just because of the better picture. What did Adam say? What is this tribe of which you speak? Also, Tom, speaking out in uncomfortable places, accelerates progress, even if it comes at a cost, personal sacrifice. This is yeah, true. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Was there another, as someone who has a twin... Oh, yeah, what's the Z-Pack? So that was, a, it started on Facebook, really, but now we're making it trans... We're just making it trans. It identifies as a. <laughs> it's not. It's a non-binary. It's a non-binary uh, movement. Paid group. <laughs> Adam says, as someone who has a twin with Down syndrome, politically correct nowadays is people first language, or to say developmentally delayed, uh, is people first language, or to say developmentally twin with it. I'm. I'm miss, I don't understand. Yeah, but that it concept. just shifts because yeah. you know people are gonna kids on the playground are gonna start calling each other developmentally delayed. You know what I mean? Like it just always shifts. So yeah, I, there's no way to change it. You know what the word for retard in the Victorian era was? Physical, uh, physical moron. moron yeah. yeah, which I think we should bring back. Or uh, after that, it was mongoloid idiot. Mm. Both of those sound pretty bad. But if I started going around calling people mongoloid idiots, nobody would care. You know what I mean? Uh, they would be uh, confused. They would be. They would look at you funny, like I <laughs> they do. They would be like, "Good day, sir. Yeah, good day, sir." Yeah. Speaking of idiots, so. Who's not an idiot uh, is Sam Harris. I use his app Waking Up for meditation. Mm-hmm. I had an interesting epiphany. So my friend uh, Robert Groves, who's a physician leader, he's been on our show before. Yeah. He's also a Zen meditator. Really, really, I, I look to him. He's a little older than me. I look to him for guidance in terms of meditation. Recently, I've been on my whole like, okay, I'm doing the mind illuminated. I'm doing this vipassana type meditation where your your whole goal is to focus on the breath and try to silence all this noise and pay attention to every moment and it's microscopic attention and it requires concentration and focus and momentum. And I started getting good at it to the point where I started getting glimpse of the self that doesn't really exist actually disappearing. And what I found happened is I would just get fucking pissed. Like, so the rest of the day, I'm furious. I'm just Mm. running around throwing feces. And it turns out Robert reminded me that this is a known thing. It's called the, you know, it's part of the long dark night of the soul that comes with meditation process where as the self starts to become questioned by the mind, it goes, oh, the self is actually being constructed. The ego's an illusion appears within consciousness. The subconscious goes, wait, no. You need to shut the fuck up because, uh, okay, you're saying there's nothing above me that's actually ego, then I'm coming out and nothing matters? Well then, okay, let's play right now. And then all this shit comes to the surface. It's all legitimate shit. It may be childhood trauma. It may be emotions that are repressed. It may be stuff that in your daily life, you're like, I'm not gonna say this to someone because it's just not a nice way to be in the world. And it just comes out. And the way to deal with that, right? So you can deal with that by powering through and doing more mindfulness meditation and accepting it and working through it with a therapist or doing all this other shit, right? Or uh, there's another way to meditate that maybe requires a little practice and concentration, but Sam Harris's app actually introduced it to me and Robert pointed it out to me. And that is, there's this guy, Locke Kelly, that Sam interviews on his podcast. And he does this like hour sort of conversation with Locke Kelly. And Locke is more of the Tibetan school of uh, meditation, which is the whole goal of meditation is to realize the nature of awareness in any given moment, which is it's free of self, it's free of clinging, it's open and spacious, and it's all connected. So you and I are really the same awareness. Like when I look at you, I'm really looking at myself looking back in a way i don't know bro i'm a much better awareness than you are well you know what if we're gonna play those awareness games there's a couple ways we can compete on i'm just saying i'm a pretty handsome awareness you know what dick's dick's out right now (laughs) isn't that funny like when you when you're like 
part of me is agreeing with you and I'm like, yeah, we are. And it's all the same. And then another part of me is like what you're talking that's about where it's it like, is. I'm not the same as Z. I'm better than Z. Totally. That's the comparing <laughs> mind. That's the, that's the, uh, the ego. And so, so, so the, the way that that approach works was fascinating because I did it this morning. Yeah. And I've been having a hard time. Like this transition has been difficult for me, like moving out of Vegas, getting away from you guys, being isolated here, but in a different kind of. Oh, speaking of which, a few people were asking, we're in Z's garage right now. Yes. In the Bay Area. We're back in the bay in a garage, <laughs> in my garage. garage. And the yeah. reason we're here is we don't, uh, we're working on our formal studio. But the thing is, you got to start, you got to get going. Yeah. And I was procrastinating. And I'm like, fuck it, Tom and Logan, come now. We're going to do the studio. We'll set it up in the garage. We'll get gas. We'll do all that. Obviously, we can't have people over here that are lunatics because I will get murdered. <laughs> uh, so eventually, we'll have another place. But so the bottom line is, it's a transition period. There are many reasons I chose to move back to the Bay Area, partially because my social network, my other contacts, my professional network's all here. There's nothing tying me to Vegas because we don't have that clinic. So I said, you know what? It's time. I want my kids to be in a this kind of weird, you know, multiracial world where they'll have to fend for themselves and it's a big, big, tiny fish in a huge pond. So... But it's been a transition. And for me, I said, okay, I'm going to meditate more. I'm going to make sure I really kind of try to detach from this. No, the opposite happens. I am more embroiled in emotional reactivity because the ego, the self that puts that shit in check is starting to question its existence, which is part of the goal, part of the path. But as a result, all this horrible stuff bubbles up. It used to happen in Vegas occasionally, remember? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I would get into this thing and I'd be like, I'm really having these amazing meditations. Fuck both of you, you're fired. <laughs> and and it was, you know, it was this unconscious like well of stuff. And then you'd get past it or you'd actually backslide in meditation where the self actually reasserted itself. Right. It was like, you need me, bro. You see why you need me? Because underneath is an asshole. But see, that's the lies that the ego tells you. The truth is underneath is all this unconscious residue you've been carrying around with your whole life and you haven't dealt with. Right. And now you're in a chance to deal with it. And what do you do? You either re reify the self, bring it back and tell it to shut up, or you deal with it. So one way of dealing with this stuff is what Locke Kelly is saying to Sam Harris in this podcast, which is the direct path. Why don't we skip all this, okay, let's focus on the breath and let's really focus our concentration. It's helpful, but then when it's not, let's figure out why are we doing this? We're doing this to find freedom in any given moment from suffering. Well, how do we do that? We, we recognize what already exists, which is the nature of awareness is open, it's expansive, it's without a self, and it's made of pure connection and almost love. He uses the word love, which is a spooky word, but what that means is when you feel it, and it's, it's something you can't describe, you can't intellectualize, you can experience it. So he said, why don't you try to feel it? Here are some pointing out exercises for realizing this in glimpses. And then over time with concentration, you stabilize those glimpses. And I, so I did the exercise this morning and because I've been meditating so much, I have some momentum of concentration. So within five minutes of listening to this, I was in this state where I was connected one with no center to the consciousness, just experiencing everything arising as consciousness experiencing itself, which it sounds stupid until you experience it. And suffusing it was abject peace, love, connection, tranquility. And if you act in the world from that, even in glimpses, you release all this. So all the unconscious stuff was still there, but I could see it as just this appearance that it, it happens in consciousness. So then you can start to address it and deal with it in a non-threatened way where your ego isn't wrapped up. This is me. I experienced the world. There's a duality, subject, object. I'm seeing this. No, I am this seeing itself is a, is a, is a, and, but that's the nature of consciousness. And scientist, Sam Harris, who's a fucking atheist, scientist, lunatic, agrees. And he's done years of retreat and meditation. And, be, and again, having a teacher take you through this mentally and experiencing it in that moment is a transformative event. Now, what Harris says is, this is why you don't start with this. This is why the Buddhist Tibetan masters have a taboo against showing you the pointing out instructions off the bat. And that is that if you take someone off the street and you go, okay, do this experiment where you visualize, okay, here's your conscious, now you look for it and you turn it on itself and you do this, you imagine you have no head, this and this and this, and they experience a glimpse of the true nature of consciousness. They have no container for it, they have no concentration to stabilize it, and the worst possible thing happens, which is, who cares? And then you've lost this person. Yeah. And so I get that. 
You know, I think I have a great deal of that who cares about it. Yeah. Like when I hear you talk about it, I'm like, who yeah. cares? No, no. It's like, yeah, it's true. But also, fuck it, dog. Ah, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> because, I, because I've had these peak experiences like on DMT or on psilocybin uh, that were very similar. I've also had those meditative experiences. And I always glimpse them. I'm like, hmm, interesting. And then it's just like, eh. I throw a blanket over the experience in my mind. So like I could go back there and I could revivify it and experience it as though it was happening now. But I usually choose not to because I'm like, I'm just going to perseverate about, you know, uh, Popeye's not being out of sandwiches. You know what I mean? Because like, <laughs> that's like the fun of being ensconced in the Dharma. And to me, it's like if you're going to use meditation, it should be for like a real reason rather than like, oh, I'm at the top of the mountain and like everything's so great. And I'm rich, but I'm still not happy. Like. No, nah, it should be like you're in a hospital bed and you're sick and you're dying and like you really need to uh, experience that loss of self in that moment, right? So, so when things are going good, you should probably just enjoy your life. Ah, you know? so this this is what I would have thought, and I think if I had been exposed to this early on, I read Harris's book Waking Up and did the the Harding exercises where you pretend you have no head, and I had glimpses of what he calls non-dual reality. I've done that one where the, the no head thing, yeah. No head thing, and you yeah. can have glimpses where it's like, oh no, the world, I am the world, mm-hmm. I- experiencing itself, and it's transient, and the uh, so what comes up. When I had the experience this morning, it was suffused with a sense of actual meaning. In other words, if I could experience the world from this vantage point, even in glimpses, I could experience the mundane, like is Popeye's out of sandwiches, Yeah, from a perspective that is way different and more accepting and open. And it's like an open, wise mind. Like your mind just opens up and accepts things. So Popeye's is out of sandwiches. Man, that fucking sucks. Like, how interesting. Man, this sandwich tastes amazing. And you can still have that without getting identified with the anger that comes from Popeye sandwiches sucking. Kim wants to know if meditation works for people with PTSD or do they have to reprocess the experiences? So, okay, one of the things that actually Locke Kelly brought up in this lesson is he does a lot of retreats. So he teaches retreats. On a retreat maybe let's say five days of silent retreat, you have a teacher who gives you the instructions. And this is standard mindfulness meditation. So focus on the breath, the mind calms, the unconscious bubbles up. Yeah. Imagine you have PTSD. When the unconscious bubbles up, the shit that you see is so horrible. It's the core trauma of your life, right? And it it comes up. And so what he says on, on, on these retreats is, what would happen on these Vipassana trees is people would lose their shit. They would be on the ground crying, rocking back and forth, just reliving trauma that they didn't even know they had. Yeah. And it happens on, on psychedelics, it happens on DMT. Yeah, I've heard experiences of people being on uh, DMT or in ayahuasca sessions and having um, experiences where they feel like the, uh, they're being strangled. Right. And it's the umbilical cord being wrapped around their neck at, at birth and they still have like the unprocessed. Because there's this book um, called The Body Keeps the Score. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's basically this, just yeah. about how we store trauma in, in our bodies. And, you know, because trauma is a... Um, going into the point you were talking about about consciousness trauma is a physiological response like the fear response is a physiological response right but we as the self witness the fear response and we go who's in danger oh i'm in danger danger. and so that is where the mental part of trauma uh occurs right and then you store that in your body so so what you said is exactly right and what he says then is okay so these people now are experiencing a transient loss of self, Mm -hmm. this horrible trauma is bubbling up, and what ends up happening is the self comes back, reifies itself, says, I am here, I am traumatized, I am broken, I am damaged, and that causes suffering. Yeah. What he teaches now is this sort of way of seeing that is from this different, wiser, open perspective of the, the higher mind, which says, First of all, there's not an I except what appears in consciousness. The true I, the true self, is the knowing in which all this everything arises. And that self is undying, undamaged, undamageable. Yeah. And so when the you- The all. The all. God. When, God. When you witness that trauma and suffering from the vantage point of the all, 
it is accepted with love and acceptance and and allowed to be instead of identified with, which then changes. So he says now when he does retreats, people don't decompensate. They yeah. still have the stuff arise, but it's very different. So I thought that was interesting. So that's the long answer to the PTSD question. In Tibetan, it's interesting because in Tibetan Buddhism, you meet the all when you die. And uh, if you accept that you're part of the all and you know that you're the undying as well, you, you that's nirvana and you never have to live again. But if you cower and you're you have a fear response to the all then you get kicked back down to the karmic cycle to live again to do it again that's yeah yeah, that's reincarnation yeah yeah and the thing is you can find nirvana in this life in glimpses anytime that's the other teaching is 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 this is not reserved for esoteric monks sitting in a cave this is not reserved for joe rogan doing you know high dose dmt and meditating and having really woke guests on a show anyone can do it it's just you have to understand the pitfalls and uh, probably having a teacher helps or having a book or listening to good people teach you this over years. It Sometimes it takes time to stabilize it. And so for me, this was a real epiphany, and it just happened today. Yeah. And it was because a friend of mine who was connected through the universe doing shit uh, happened to point out at exactly the time I needed it, here's a teaching that might help you. Yeah. Yeah. Some people were saying in the comments that I like checked out when I was listening to, (laughs) (laughs) which I think you guys are all projecting because I was actually just listening to Z. Actually, I know when Tom checks out (laughs) and actually I've been impressed that like I actually held Tom's attention for longer than I normally do. (laughs) Well, I was thinking about it. I was, I was like going through as you were talking and you were like, yeah, you know, in the self and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hmm, fuck this guy. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's myself. And I'm I was like, I want to get in more jokes about Popeyes and their exactly. new sandwiches, and Z's talking about this dumb bullshit, but you know what? I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. You know what's funny, actually? I'm going to get meta metacognitive for a second. This is part of the reason I'm unhappy, is I don't have Tom Heineber here to talk about stuff that matters to me. Like, this stuff, actually, I care about. Yeah. Do I care? Well, me and Z, well, also too. The first time me and Z ever met, we had a three-hour yeah. meeting about the nature about the nature of consciousness. Because you know, Zubin basically was like, uh, Logan emailed Zubin's assistant, and then we got in the meeting, and he was expecting Logan to be the talker. And I was like, "What's up, motherfucker? I heard you do YouTube videos where you dress like a woman. Anyway, let's get into the nature of consciousness." <laughs> and uh, so, Zubin, like, I don't know, fifteen minutes in the meeting, I'm like, "Yeah." I've done DMT. I know what life's all about. It was literally 15 minutes. <laughs> I was like, I like this guy. Yeah. And so then, yeah, just a three hour long meeting about like, and what do you think about that? Like, all right, here's the thing. I think that like Tibetan Buddhism has a lot of points about, you know, and it just goes on and on. You and know, on. the best part of it yeah. was Logan was sitting there just like, and he was just like, ha <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't think this? Logan said anything the whole meeting. It was really awesome. So anyway, this has been a deep part of the Z and Tom relationship. It has, it has, and one. I need it. It's like a, you can't, you know, oh, by the way. so Another part of the, there's a lot of things we share, like we both have oppositional defiant totally, disorder. Totally, We both say inappropriate things all the time. It's true. It just, <laughs> We're it's, both like late, semi-lazy creatives who also can be weirdly high diligence when, when the needed, time calls when for needed. it. Yeah. You know what's interesting is we haven't turned our oppositional defiant disorder directly on each other yet. I think we've tried to do it, but it hasn't really happened. Because if, well, if you keep shirking authority, then exactly. there's nothing to, there's to nothing rebel to, against. Right. But I mean, like me. <laughs> and both of us are always shirking authority. Right. Like, I'm not the man, man. I'm, I'm the dude. That's true. That's true. I'm, I'm not Lebowski. I'm the dude, I'm the man. guy. I'm not the boss. <laughs> I can't tell Tom what to do. Tom tells Tom what to do. I'm always, aren't you suspicious of people that search out positions of authority? Oh, a thousand percent. Yeah, a hundred percent. Just like, why a, do you want it? Why do you want it? There's right. some, now, now, but then, now, if it's foisted upon you, like when they right. want, when they asked George Washington to lead the Republic, like that, right. that was foisted on him, right? right? right he didn't right. ask the lead. Well, but if you ask the lead, I'm suspicious. Well, so, if you want to take the Boy Scouts camping in the woods, I'm pretty sure you're a pedophile. You know what I mean? You're a grown man who wants to spend his weekend hanging out with a bunch of little kids. Yeah, you're gonna rape one of these kids, dude. Oh the way my we God. should the way we should pick the Boy Scout leader is should be like, who wants to do it? Oh, I don't want fucking games on. Frank, you're going. You're taking these fucking kids. That's how we should pick them. The guy who's like, I'm taking them. No, no, you're not taking them, dude. <laughs> Oh, this is why we're back on YouTube too, because YouTube can handle this. Facebook, I'm gonna get a lot of angry messages, lots of them, and I and I, I embrace it. Facebook, I do. Uh, we were talking about something about. Um, oh my God, no, I was just too in that. <laughs> Let's see. So Crystal Greenwell says Tom moves to Cali. The Z Pack needs Z Dog tech issues solved. They're they're solved. Am I in the way? Did we do something wrong? 
We're fixed. No, they're good. Yeah. That's why we have Logan. Yeah. 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 I'm never moving to California. It sucks here. Yeah. Like, the weather is great, but like everything else is trash. <laughs> if I hadn't lived here before, I would never move back here. The Silicon Valley is like Los Angeles if everybody was 100% smarter and 50% uglier. <laughs> That's very true, actually. <laughs> And 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 thirty percent even less woke. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, I was telling Logan like Logan was like, oh, it's overcast here when we land in San Jose, and I was like, I like it. This is like this feels like my ancestral DNA. Like it feels like Ireland or something. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Right. Like, right. It is great. Yeah. The weather is fantastic. The outdoors is great. I've been getting into biking. I've been doing all sorts of shit that you're gonna make fun of me for. Totally. And and, uh, <laughs> and I love it. But I'm missing the uh, I don't give a fuck of Las Vegas, which is pretty awesome so we're just gonna bring it here you know by the way i'm we're rebooting this whole mission right yeah at this point no one on god's fucking green earth is gonna tell me what to say or what not to say no nope. ever again nope um i will never work for anybody period i will never take a sponsor that i don't like and without a hundred percent creative control if they try to make me do stupid shit they can suck a dick gozy uh you tell them i will never work with anyone um that i don't think is absolutely passionate about you know what we're doing i'm never going to um say shit just to please my audience sometimes i do that sometimes i know what will get say the nurses riled up and i'll say it of course now from now on and it's true most of the times i'm on with you but there are times where i'm like you know what let's do this because i think it's just going to do really well nah Mm -mm. i'm just going to say what i think Mm -hmm. and so what i hope you guys do is if you like that tune into the shit we're going to be you know tom and z are going to do the podcast we're going to focus on some audio stuff we're going to do it remotely we're going to do videos we're going to interview decent guests we're going to have music videos all that shit's fine the supporter tribe on facebook has been great because these people again are behind a paywall which means they're not fucking around they want to be there they're inspired to be there and and so that's great liliana cook says you work for me oh shit liliana (laughs) cook is a supporter liliana cook is. you know what i'll tell you what she's right liliana i'm looking at you um i'm nobody's bitch except for yours because of $4.99 a month you can own a Stanford UCSF trained physician as your own little bitch and I'm yours Teresa wants to know if I'm single no no no. taken you're taken just like by a nurse by a nurse Mm -hmm. although she's a nurse anymore because I got that Bitcoin money you know what I'm saying Oh, I should really stop chain. telling people that I uh, have <laughs> Bitcoin millions because they're going to hack you. Yeah. Uh, I've already been hacked. Uh, the Chinese have it all. They have it all. Yeah. Exactly. And Cynthia Jogu. Is... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me this. Tell me this. Fuck Cynthia Jogu. No, I'm just kidding. Tell... <laughs> She's a supporter and a super chatter. I'm just kidding. Tell we got to me... give her all the love. Tell, tell me Cynthia's comment. <laughs> Cynthia's just like, I support you and I gave you super chat on uh, YouTube. Oh, She's hell yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. listen. And she has an autistic child. Here's so what I love. need to know on Cynthia's behalf. Mm-hmm. And really, it's just me because I want to ask the question. Here's why I need to know for me and Cynthia. <laughs> you tell me what the fuck you're going to do with your no muzzle, okay? You tell me. Who is going to feel the Z-Dog MD wrath? Mm. Basically, every legacy system in healthcare needs to fucking be burned down or co-opted into a model where we're paid to actually do good for patients. And we get to work in teams. And if we don't want to work in teams, we work in virtual networks because the lone wolf person out there doing their own shit is killing people. They just don't know it. So we need better incentives. We need our government to wake the fuck up. By the way, stay tuned. I may be testifying in front of Congress. I didn't tell you this, You didn't tell me this? I didn't tell you this because I forgot because I'm in denial about it. I actually asked Victoria. What's the the congressional meeting about? I can't. If I say too much, they won't let me do it. Uh, But yeah, so maybe this will happen. Yeah, but. I'm excited. It'll be our chance. I'm excited. I am not throwing away my shot. So we're going to talk hella shit. I'm going to I'm going to tune in on oh, C-SPAN. Oh. And you know you know who says shit that I think really needs to be said? Marty McCary, who we did our show with. Yeah. He is saying shit like about price gouging. Marty about, McCary's new book is phenomenal. It's phenomenal. Yeah. The price we pay. It's coming out soon. I'm going to do another show about it because I want that book to sell and because people need to read that shit. I read it. By the way, there's a whole chapter on the turntable model and not mentioning turntable, our partner's Iora. Yeah. And I read it after, after the fact. I was like, oh my God, dude. Wow. He gets it. He's like, this is this this is a model that yeah. works. I'm like, yeah. Well, when does the hospital model break? You know what I mean. It's already broken because the idea is that we have all these community hospitals doing one-off things. What we need really are hospitals that are optimized to do the job they do. Which is yeah. But when does it break so bad that you know 
we have to transition already there. You can't afford this. Like people are... Well, if you listen to modern monetary theory, Z, huh. do you know what modern monetary theory is? I don't, Tom Heineberg. Modern monetary theory is a new fancy buzzword by the fucking insane assholes on the far left. <laughs> and people like Paul Krugman and uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Oh, the AOC? Who say that basically the government can print money so that the government doesn't have to rein itself in. It mm-hmm. can just continue to print money ad infinitum, which is a tax that we all incur that is not we're not represented in congress for you mean inflation inflation so they can just tax you by printing away your savings basically Mm. and they're going to continue to do this to fund entitlements like healthcare, Mm. and they're gonna they're gonna make everything worse right like that's happening like we're gonna we're gonna do an ama about this yeah and i think at the core of it what people don't understand is that they gave it a fancy name, mm. modern monetary theory. It's just a bunch of crap. They're going to print mm. money mm. and then they're going to act like they can pay for whatever they want to pay for. You know, I think it's actually worth getting into some of that AMA now because I think Medicare for all, we should talk about this just briefly. And it gets to your mon- modern mon- monetary thing because people, uh, so the Democrat, okay, listen, first of all, let's understand a, a simple fact. The loudest voices anywhere are the far left and the far right. Most of us are in between 40% or so identify as independents. Although more and more people are being pushed one direction or the other. Because of the polarization. Because of how of long culture. it's been going on. Right, too. exactly. Yeah. But really, if you really look in, people are pretty reasonable overall. They want something moderate that's going to be implementable. So what is being proposed on the left is Medicare for all. What is Medicare for all? It's taking our current Medicare system, expanding it to everyone. Whether you say Medicare for some, Medicare for all, Medicare Advantage for all, whatever it is. The bottom line is it's redistributing from private insurance to the public. What will that do? Everyone will be covered. Yay, everybody wants that. We want every American to be able to access healthcare without bankrupting us. Great. Mm, what healthcare? Yeah, what healthcare? So what are you paying for? What does Medicare pay for now? It pays 90% off the actual costs of delivering our current healthcare. Right. So how, how do we tolerate that on mass? health systems and doctors then cost shift to the private insurers. They charge private insurers 120% or 130% of what Medicare charges. That way they can cover the shortfall and make a profit. Well, that's how our current system works. That's why it's so expensive, that's why. But what happens when you go to Medicare for all? And even you say, oh, you know what though? Like some of the left is saying, like Steve Butt Butt Gig or whatever his name is. Oh, uh, Buttigieg. Buttigieg, yes. Pete Buttigieg. That's right. Justine Smollier. Yeah. Uh, what he's saying is, well, let's start. And Cory Booker's saying the same thing. Cory Booker's saying, my pharma constituency that I live in New Jersey, I represent New Jersey, they don't want me to say Medicare for all. They're going to say, look, Medicare for some as a path. What does that mean? Okay, we'll cover people with a public option. Okay, so this is what happens. Everyone quickly realizes the public option is cheaper because it's subsidized. Let's all go to the public option. What happens to the private insurance pools? All the cost shifting is gonna happen. So every doctor and hospital system is gonna charge more and more to the private insurers because they have to cost shift because they're not covering their expenses with Medicare for all. So now private insurance gets so expensive, no one buys it, that disappears. Who is now gonna pay for healthcare? Either you keep it at 90% of the cost and you close down tons of community hospitals, hospitals around the country, they go out of business, or you raise taxes, or you print money. Print money. And what happens? Inflation goes through the roof, or you raise taxes, the economy starts to get tamped down. So you have to ask yourself, is that what you want? Now, here's the thing. What can you do about that? So what's the answer? The answer is stop asking the wrong question. How do we get insurance for everybody? Who's gonna pay? What's gonna be covered? Those are the wrong questions. The question you should be asking is, what are we paying for? This is bullshit. There's $500 trillion in waste every year in in a $2.8 trillion thing. How about we cut that waste, 
we wake up and say, you know what? Doctors and hospitals can be part of the problem, but they can also be part of the solution if we lead it. Otherwise, someone else is going to do it, and we're going to be screwed. Okay, let's actually figure out care delivery models where we take care of each other so we don't burn out, and then we can take care of our patients. Let's focus on primary care prevention relationships, and then the other stuff gets tightened and falls into place. Let's use centers of excellence where people can really super specialize and do something really, really well so that our patients get amazing quality care because people are doing a lot of it. And then guess what? You'll be able to pay for it, bro. Whether it's employers, which by the way, who foots the bill for private insurance in this country? It's employers. employers. So what you're doing is you're saying you're cost shifting from employers to the government, then you're gonna raise taxes on everyone. How about fix the care model Use a government option actually to cover some people. Maybe make it competitively based, like a Medicare Advantage model. You know, you can basically tie the um, the rise of the gig economy to uh, that part of the uh, Obama's uh, Affordable Care Act that said that small businesses had to pay for their employees' health care. Oh, yeah. You can tie the gig economy directly to that moment. You, you, you know, it's probably partially true because what the ACA did is it said if you have over 40 employees... I re- no, I remember small business owners complaining about it mm-hmm. because it was uh, detrimental to anybody who was running a small business. So look at Uber and Lyft now in California. Right. California, what they're going to do is they're going to say, you know what, these are not... 1099 contract workers, they are employees, Yeah, which means now they're bankrupt because they have to provide health insurance, they have to provide payroll taxes, they have to provide other benefits, workman's comp, and it breaks their model. Yeah. Well, so the question is, okay, so what are the Republicans posing? I took a shit on the Democrats. Let's take a shit on the Republicans for a second. They're like, well, this is what we should do, okay? Um, Keep the current system, because yay. No, that's broken. Second proposal. We could have lower level insurance coverages like we used to have where... It's less coverage, they're cheaper plans, and people could be compelled to have those or they could go buy them themselves. Well, it turns out that those have deductibles of like 10 grand. They have a pre-existing conditions not covered, and they actually don't, they're not really great insurance. Yeah. So as a result, people aren't really covered and they're spending a lot of money. Well, what's the point? That doesn't solve the problem. And then they're saying, well, well, maybe we can just tweak the ACA and make it more usable. No, ACA doesn't address the fundamental problem, which is rising healthcare costs. ACA would bankrupt the US, it just delays it. So the bottom line is you gotta, you gotta affect rising costs, you do that by affecting care delivery. That means it's us that does that, which transforms system. Models like turntable, um, using high deductible plans in conjunction with primary care paid for directly by patients, employers, or the government, depending on how poor you are or how rich you are, that actually allows comp- competition among primary care providers to provide the best prevention. When it fails, there's a catastrophic insurance that behaves like insurance, which it covers catastrophes. Yeah. You, don't, you, don't, you don't use insurance for prevention for your car, for your oil changes. It's the same thing, and you can cover people who don't have money because the government will have money to pay for direct primary care. You have people compete. If you wanna save insurance companies, because they actually are good at certain things, like risk adjustment, and looking at like actually managing risk, managing claims, processing that stuff, okay, fine. Have them compete to administer a Medicare Advantage for all and compete for who can do it best, most efficiently with the best outcomes and pay physicians to keep people well for quality instead of volume. You fix healthcare, you pay for it, we do it, we lead it, healthcare people lead it. That's what I wanna fucking talk about. And stuff. It sounds good. It sounds good, but it seems a million miles from reality. You know why? Because if we keep our current fucked up way of doing things, it will be. When I also just, this is why you can't do things by decree. Because, you know, the people at the top don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're winging it just like everybody else. It's like the thing we were talking about, about being suspicious of authority. You should be suspicious as fuck of these fuckers because they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're just winging it. It's like Trump. Like, they made Trump president, a bunch of idiots, and then <laughs> he just got in there and he was like, I don't know, I'll just fucking, I, uh, I'm going to meet with that North Korea guy. You know, it's like, that's what I would do right. if I was president. Like, that's the level right. of retard we have <laughs> in the presidency right now. And this is everybody who's at the top is doing the same shit. You know yeah. what I'm saying? No, no. I, I, I'm- so, so what I'm saying is we can't have systems built by decree because they're always going to be moronic and they're always going to miss because think about uh, in a free market system, the price of something, right? Do you know how much real time information is packed into that number? It's insane. When you decree it, 
<laughs> There's no information. It's a committee of fancy assholes who go, this is the number. I am a thousand percent with you on this. And this is something that both the right, the left, and the middle should agree on. That's generally, if you try to micromanage an economy or you try to micromanage humans from above, it will fail. It will disaster. end in disaster. Yeah. And the reason is exactly what you said. Those people don't have that information. They don't have the capacity to make these decisions. But you know what, what does is actually networks of humans right. sharing open data. Wisdom of the crowd. Wisdom of the crowd. Mm. You know what? It's the same as that wise mind I was telling you look about. At, it encompasses um, everything. Look at LASIK surgery, right? Do you know how cheap and effective LASIK surgery is now? It's gotten so. Yeah, because it's basically a free market system because it's an out of... It's a uh, commodity. It, well, and it's, yeah. it's out of pocket, right? right? Well, and the same goes with you know direct primary care. For 40 bucks a month, you can have amazing yeah. primary care because that's out of the... So why the fuck is the government in healthcare at all, even a little bit? Because it's been deep in the healthcare game. And I will say this, I'll say this, and this is for my <clears throat> homies on the left because I'm in the Bay. Uh, fuck you guys, by the way. Yeah, well, <laughs> there's that. Uh, the... Yeah, in a, in a, in a, in a, you've said this before. Unfettered capitalism ends in slavery. Yes, and it does unfettered sort of free market when it comes to uh, healthcare ends in poor people not having healthcare. Yeah. So what you have to do is the government has to do what it is good at, which is providing that bottom safety net. Send money to the poor to go buy their healthcare on the open market. Well, but then if that's who, what you want to do. But so that's a real social. Program. So you got to set up an open market. There isn't one. Well, there's that's no price there's been government intervention yeah, yeah, for yeah. 50, 60 and now years. The government has intervened in about fifty percent of healthcare between Medicare, Medicaid, CHIP, and the VA. It owns. I know, but in, I'm saying instead of letting the fucking <laughs> instead of letting the parasite just fully take over the host, which seems to be everybody's plan. My plan is to kill the parasite. Like I don't understand what's so complicated about this. <laughs> well, so let me let me say one thing. So, by the way, Rachel says, "Can you buy Greenland with Bitcoin?" That's a real question. The answer is absolutely. Uh, you need six point five bitcoins, apparently. Um, here, here's the thing. So, six point one five. Sorry, I didn't understand. I don't understand, it, but you do. So, uh, uh, people on the left, I know, who are saying, "No, the government can manage this." Let me give you an example of how they managed medicine. They said, by decree, and this made a lot of sense at the time because intuition, eh, eh, we should be on electronic records because electronic records reduce errors, they can get us big data, they can lower costs, they improve handwriting, they connect us, et cetera. So they decreed, in a way, and it's not a real decree, but it is, because it's an incentive, they're fucking with the free market. They yep. said, we will pay you or penalize you if you fulfill this thing called meaningful use. You will get an EHR, you will use it in certain ways. You will document through these different boxes how you use it, and we will pay you or withhold pay uh, through Medicare, or whatever. <clears throat> and that meaningful use resulted in tons of money being spent on EHRs, a huge booming business, mm -hmm. a bunch of EHRs arising, and really good penetration of EHRs in the market. What was the actual effect of that? Worsening care no connection between the EHRs, walled gardens, dip fucks like Epic, who now monopolize the market and use it however they want. Judy Faulkner doesn't give a fuck about doctors. She really does. You know what I said I was not filtered? Mm -hmm. Fuck Epic. Yeah. And um, the thing is, you know, I used to be like, well, you know, you know, we can work with Epic, fuck them. Yeah. The truth is they've had taken advantage of what was a hole in the market. They did what humans do, which is- It's, they, reg it's regulatory it's arbitrage. regulatory arbitrage. Which is 100% what it is. And now we have a fucked up shitstorm where, where frontline doctors are burning out, nurses are burning out, we're spending more time treating the chart. Why? Because uh, you cannot decree by fiat how healthcare is gonna emerge. If, if EHRs helped healthcare and it was a truly transparent, price transparent, free market with a little government subsidy on the bottom, whatever, to cover everybody, do you think they would have emerged the way they did? No, they would have emerged to actually serve patient care if patient care is what you got paid for. Yeah. But they don't. Yeah. So fuck Epic, fuck McKesson, fuck our good friends Athena Health, who we love, fuck them, because they're part of the problem. Can we fix it? Yeah. Is it gonna take all of us together with a voice? Yeah, how does that voice emerge, Tom Heineber? Social media, part of the reason we're back on YouTube too is I want a broader platform. Facebook can be an echo chamber. Why don't we get everybody, young people on fa on YouTube that are more male, to yeah. stand up and say, we have a voice as a we. We can actually create networks of flexible humans that actually transform things. It doesn't have to be a fiat from above. 
hundred percent. Yeah. Well, and also it's like, there's this concept of the firm, which is, you know, when a new idea emerges in the marketplace, it goes, um, upwards and a firm emerges and then it dissipates back into the marketplace. So like, let's say, uh, so wait, explain the firm again. Let me, let me say it, um, succinctly. Um, I come out with a new, uh, innovation for widget X Mm. and for 20 years I make, I have a monopoly on widget X. Mm. Eventually it gets dispersed back into the marketplace and then the firm is broken back up uh, down into smaller parts where I'm not actually making, I'm not the chief profit center anymore. So like something like an Epic wouldn't happen um, in a free market environment for a long period of time. But if you have a regulatory uh, system that keeps these things in place, like it's like if they were to make, Facebook, um, you know, a regulated commodity. They're basically saying that Facebook is now the de facto social media platform forever. Yeah. Right. And, and let's going back to this idea of like things by decree, which is all that the government can do because the government is just a bunch of assholes. It's, you know, it's just The government is just other people. It's like the cloud is just other people's computer. The government is just other people. Why should we let other people tell us how to live? Fuck them. You know? What about the food pyramid? The government got together with a bunch of other fancy assholes and they top-down architected a food pyramid. That was influenced entirely by the cereal industry. And and they were like, eat a bunch of grains. They're super fucking healthy for you. And guess what? Everyone's fucking fat as shit now. Uh, you know what I mean? I go to Walmart. It's a bunch of me and a bunch of heifers. You, you know? know what? That's uh, that's William J. Taft saying you're welcome. <laughs> it's some fuck like that. Like, it's true. It's true. It's absolutely true. Like, there's some smart people in government, but they're not smart enough to do this. No one is. Right. You know, that's why we need robot overlords, Tom Hines. I think so. Yeah, I think we do. The, those are, yeah, sentinels. We need sentinels. sentinels. We need the sentinels. By the way, yeah. so that's one thing like we can do about healthcare is uh, there does need to be some more open, transparent negotiating power with pharmaceuticals like there is in Europe. I don't think we should have a... Uh, I used to think that... I used to believe the lie that like we needed that 20-year cycle for drugs. Oh, know? patent stuff? Get yeah, rid of it. Just for get rid of it. R&D, but they yeah. don't do R&D. No, no, they don't. No, no. You know, it's, so it's, fuck them. They it, shouldn't have patent protection on anything. Patent reform, open competition and, tr- and price transparency, and uh, better research. We need, we need research innovation in yeah. how we do research. Because right now our research system is broken. So it takes forever, and our regulatory system's broken. It takes forever to get a drug approved, yada, 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 yada. Yeah. All that stuff can be fixed. That's one thing, look, Trump- And made- then what do they do? They get it fucking wrong when it gets to market. Yeah. Like, the whole country's well, addicted to opiates and benzodiazepines. Be, be, why? Guess why? Top, da- top down right. edicts. We must treat pain. Pain is the fifth vital mm-hmm. sign. You, if you don't treat pain, you will be sued. By the way, we need tort reform too. But that's another thing. Um, I hate lawyers. Uh, well, and, and everything top down starts from this thought of like, we can't let X number of like bad things happen. We can't let that bad thing happen. So we are going to just totally, it's like, it's like trying to treat a common cold by just killing the person with the cold. It's like now they don't have a cold anymore. It's like, yep. Yeah, because you yep. fucking killed them. Yep. You they're killed them. dead. You killed them. <laughs> Uh, of course, they're not going to have a cold. Liliana Cook says Logan needs to draw his own Dorian path, too. <laughs> Did you see that whole Trump thing where he yeah. had a fake? It's amazing. Uh, and you know what? Trump doesn't bother me at all. Yeah, I think, it's, I think Trump is kind of hilarious. I think he's funny. Which I, is my white privilege talking to it you is, guys. It is. It's my brown privilege. Fuck sticks. I love it when people accuse me of white privilege. Yeah. I'm like, I have privilege, but it's not white. It's off-white privilege. Yeah, I don't know what the fuck privilege is. I don't even get me That's started. That's a whole other conversation. We'll, we'll stay that. out of it this time. Don't uh, even get me started. Um, by the way, so there's Those a... People should shut the fuck up, though. I know that. I know a, that much. A. Uh, there... Why is everybody... Let me ask you... Okay, let me ask you this. Why is everybody such a fucking victim? And how come nobody has any goddamn self-respect? I was, I was pulling out of the coffee bean the other day because... That's where I go. Because you're white privilege. Because of white privilege. And uh, (laughs) I almost slammed into this girl, you know, in my car, you know, almost hit her car. It was kind of my fault. There was like, we both had semi-control of the lane. It would, I'll take the blame on this one, right? Mm-hmm. We, I came about a foot from hitting her car. Mm. She pulls out her phone and starts Snapchatting me. And I'm like, I didn't hit your car. Nothing happened. This is a non-event. Fucking scoot along, bitch. Like, I'm trying to leave the coffee bean drive-thru, okay? Where's, what, wh- how were you victimized? I almost hit you? That's a nothing, okay? Well, well, welcome to our brave new world. You know why? Because we've created a fragile generation. 
Yes. So, and and we've created fragility because this we goes over the whole it gets a whole free thing. range kids a whole, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we've kids created, weren't let outside, and so now there are a bunch of punk ass little bitches who want to Snapchat and almost car accident. Fuck that. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, the 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 coffee bean because Smoothie King was too full. Says Liliana Cook. Oh yeah, didn't you work at Smoothie King? I worked at a tropical smoothie. Yeah, tropical smoothie. I was the assistant manager there. Okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. Me and the other assistant manager was this uh, crystal meth addict. Oh my god, whose name was Crystal? It was That's ironic. Ironic. Yeah. You know, by the way, I was at a pizza. Pl- <laughs> Can I tell you this? Yeah. I was such a shitty employee. I was because I, I was like eighteen when I was managing this tropical smoothie. I used to turn up ranchero music full blast so that the morning manager, Crystal, the meth addict. Uh, had to walk into full blast ranchero. That's music. amazing. So if you drove by the tropical smoothie where I worked, <laughs> it just during the middle of the night, you'd hear ranchero yeah. music. Mi corazón. That's tremendous. It was the best. And they were like, Tom, we're going to fire you if you keep doing that. I was like, you can't fire me. You can't me. fire me. I'm the assistant manager. Well, I was like, nobody else shows up on time and everybody else is vaguely high. So, <laughs> so you're, what's, you're welcome. What's our call to action for the show and for everything, Tom? Because we're coming up on an hour. The call to action is we all just need to go hard as balls. Hard as balls. Uh-huh. Healthcare unfiltered. That's right. And everything else unfiltered. You go through your, your daily life and you're like, you know, okay, yeah, Jayco told me to do this. My administrator told me to do this. My boss told me to do this. And then you just come and you get online with us and you'd be like, all these people are fucking bitch ass pieces of shit. And I'm going to burn this hospital down one day. Uh-huh. Okay. But you use a pseudonym to do that because I'm not right. trying to get you fired. And then you go back to the hospital using your inside voice and you go, yes, ma'am, I will do that. <laughs> <You see? laughs> Sounds great. Thanks. Yeah, it sounds great. I like that. We'll continue to monitor. (laughs) Um, So, guys, do me a favor. If you're not on YouTube, go to YouTube, hit the subscribe on the ZDogMD channel, and then there's a little bell next to the subscribe. Click that and turn your notifications all the motherfucking way on. Same thing on Facebook. If you are not a follower, hit follow and then turn notifications on. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And if you want to go deeper, become a supporter on Facebook where you for $4.99 a month will be able to hang out with the cool kids and we do crazy shit and the supporters know who they are and they know it's dope and they don't want you there. So you should be there. What do you think, Tom Heinemer? I think... I'm glad to have you guys back. I missed you, bro. I missed you too, bro. Missed you, bro. Oh, we should tell people too. We're gonna do this much more often. Just uh, me and Z morning rounds. We have like a remote setup, so yep, we're gonna do it remote. It may just be audio at first until we can get it all dialed, but yeah. then uh, these guys will come up. We'll do shows from the studio. We're going to continue to do all the usual stuff we do, including Meg, music videos. Megan says, but balls aren't hard. They're soft and sensitive and easily damaged. Do you want to hear my only feminist belief? Come with it. My only feminist belief is that I agree. I agree with this sentiment because <laughs> think about it. Like when we call each other pussies, like think about how soft and sensitive your dick is but like a pussy can take like a real pounding and a stretching and like it's resilient it's a baby resilient. comes out of it right. that's right right that's true so we should be calling each other pussies as like a term of endearment our tough guy like this guy's a fucking pussy dude yeah, look like at that he guy. just lifted like 800 pounds dude dude that guy is the world's biggest pussy dude he will crush <laughs> everything it's totally i'm gonna start doing that from now on and then i go dude that guy yeah has massive balls. That is my Just only... a huge target of softness. My only feminist belief. You know what? I like it. It's the only one. I have more feminist beliefs than that, but I. I but that's a good start. Mm-hmm. Um, Would you say you're a male feminist? <laughs> <laughs> a menomist? I do use manpons when it's that time of the month, Tom Heinever. I'm going oh, through menopause. Okay, all right, check this out. There was a thing on, on Reddit, and it was... Um, <laughs> there's an R on a tampon... And women were asking their husband if they knew what the R stood for. So I'm going to ask you, Z Dog MD, do you know what the R on a tampon stands for? Halal? I don't know what it fucking stands for. Take a guess. Take a guess. R, R, registered trademark? (laughs) What? I don't know. Guys were saying, like, right tampon? And and women were like, do you think there's a right and a left tampon? (laughs) (laughs) Whoever said that? That guy's a big pussy, man. (laughs) Tough. What's the answer? I'm not going to tell you. What? No, dude, maybe people will tell... Oh, it says regular. Car- regular flow. Carol. Sh- Wait, regular so they're flow. like extra large? I don't... Listen, I didn't want to get all deep into the thread, okay? It's on the flow. It's I, on, it's, wait, 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 wait. Victoria says it's based on the flow. Some of the flows are heavy flow. Yeah, exactly. Light flow, regular flow, ant flow. It's a lot of flows. You know, you know, light, spotty. Is spotty is S for spotty. 
You know, we used to say, I had a girlfriend in high school who used to say, uh, you know what, my aunt Flo's visiting from Reading. And uh, we knew what that meant. Um, I didn't know whether she used an R or an S or a G, G for gooey. I don't know what. You know what's weird? I'm a doctor and I'm uncomfortable by this. Yeah, yeah. You should be. I, should, should I am. Be. I am. I told you the lady parts make me nervous. Lady parts are mysterious. They are. Okay. It's a beautiful flower. You know, to quote the three amigos, when do you think Carmen will open her flower to you? And he says, tonight or I will kill her. Uh, I told, by the way, I told my wife uh, because, you know, we're, we're thinking about like having another kid. And I was like, uh, I was like, listen, people don't have to enter the world through me. They just don't. So whatever you need, you just buy it. Okay. I can't do anything like emotionally to support you. But if you want stuff off of Amazon, girl, you just fucking buy that shit. You treat yourself. You know okay? what? You are such a catch, Tom Heinever. <laughs> I'm feeling like I might have to switch teams, get married, and just make this happen. Because I need that in my life. You know what? Can I really buy a Because she's a like, I, just, I don't even eat things. I just need you to listen to me. I'm like, yeah, but things are great. You yeah. ever thought about some things? Buy more things to eat. Yeah. Do you want more things? That's the total answer. I love I, You need a wisdom mind. Also, let me Heinever. tell you this about women that I know for show. Oh, here we go. Never get a woman one big gift. Get them a bunch of little gifts. This is it's a Tom more Heinrich. about opening the gift than it is about it the is actual gift. Tom Heinrich. And they love soaps. Bunch of little soaps. They love that shit, see? Anyway, you Tom out. Crystal Crystal Greenwald says, Z-Dog MD, run for president. Tom Heinover says, I'm out. I'm out, too. God damn it. Fuck this. I love you guys. I'm in Tom's seat. I'm in Tom's seat now. Are we still on, Logan? Facebook's on. Facebook, this is just for you. Fuck YouTube. They're a bunch of little bitches. All right? Between you and me. Why am I talking to 12-year-old boys? Because that's face. That's YouTube. All right? Facebook, I love you. Middle-aged women, you're my people. 14 new subscribers on YouTube.